Why is it so important to have digital processes and systems set up for your church? Find out in a minute because it's time. You're listening to the Church Digital Sidekick Podcast, part of the TCD Podcast Network. Hey, heroes, my name is Tom Pounder, and this is the Church Digital Sidekick Podcast. This is a podcast where I bring on ministry leaders, and we talk about how you can do ministry more effectively in this very digital and online world. And today I've got a new friend in. His name is D.K. Hammonds, and he's at a church down in uh, Dallas, Texas area. And even though he's down in Dallas, Texas, he is not a Cowboy fan, which I found out, unfortunately, during the interview. And you'll find out. Well, actually, you just found out right now. But we talk about that a little bit in the interview. It was great getting to know DK. He's a co-host of the Social Media Church podcast with Neil Smith and Aaron Magnuson. And he's just a great voice to talk to about systems and processes, in particular, digital systems and processes, how you can use technology in the digital side of stuff to help reach your people in your church, but also in your community. So we break down what does that look like from guest services to baptisms to emails to text messaging, how you can do that more effectively today. Because as DK and I talk about, the world is going digital. The world is going online. How can we set up some systems and processes digitally that will help us reach people in our church and our community? Again, we're really excited to have DK on and share about that. So, without any further ado, let's get in the interview with DK talking about that. All right, with me right now is DK Hammonds. DK, how are you, man? Man, I'm good. I'm great. I'm grateful to be here, and thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm grateful that we got to connect. Uh, you know, you and I, we have a mutual friend. Although I've never met Aaron in person, he's just, yeah, he's been a Twitter friend for, for a while, and. He runs a podcast that you're you're on the podcast now too, right? I am a one of the co-hosts of Social Media Church with Niels and Aaron and myself. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. So we'll we'll get into that in a second. But why don't you give people a background in case they don't know who you are? Who yeah. are you? What do you do? And how did you get into it? Yeah, man. So I'm DK Hammond's husband of one, father of four. Uh, I am located here in Dallas, Texas. Currently, I serve in the great position of uh, IT systems administrator for MCC Church, which is a small church in urban Texas. Well, the pastor is Tim Rivers. Um, and so I've been there. And prior to, you know, being at uh, MCC City, I was a, a campus pastor at a small church in um, on the south side of Dallas called Disciple Central. And prior to that, I was at New Hope Baptist Church in Little Rock, Arkansas, where I was a youth pastor for years. I'm, when I say years, I mean absolute years. That's kind of where I got my chops going uh, in youth ministry. And one thing I learned about youth ministry, brother, is youth ministry really, really lacks systems and administrations. And so being able to learn that in youth ministry, take that everywhere I've gone, and now applying some of that knowledge to the areas that I serve in has been really great. So, and now I use that, of course, to do podcasting, to educate churches, to kind of be a consultant for a lot of churches. It's really been a blessing to be able to use those skill sets and set certain projects in place in motion so that churches can be blessed and the people can be blessed. So that's me. Dude, that's awesome. Okay, so I got some follow-up questions before we get into the systems and processes. I got some follow-up. How what's the what's the range of your kids? Like how old and yeah. are they all boys, all girls, a little mix of both? I have three daughters and one son. My oldest daughter is 25 years, 26 years old. My youngest kid is 
19 years old. Nice. And so my my two, my first and my second are girls. My middle is my son and the baby is a girl. And so, you know, they're all grown adults, which is a great thing. Let me tell you, emptiness living is the best living of all time. <laughs> I love it to death. Um, and so that that's the range of my kids. My oldest just got married last year, which is a really dope thing to be a part of. And so, yeah, man, uh, that's, you know, kind of how we live. And my wife just finished her degree uh, at Dallas Baptist University. She got a master's and her bachelor's at the same time. And, you know, I'm around here getting certifications, whether it be in Scrum Master Certification or PMP. So we're, we're a very forward-thinking family and just kind of moving ahead that way. That's awesome. I, yeah, I, I ask because I have four kids of my own, and they're all, they're all girls. So I, oh. I've got you beat by one. So, <laughs> so. No way. <laughs> My my oldest is 22, my youngest is 15. So I'm looking, I, I get a little bit of glimpse of the empty nest stuff with two of them kind of out of the house, but the other, so I still got a few years left. They're both in high school left, but you know, still a few years left. <laughs> it is it is a blessing to get up and not have to fix breakfast, worry about who has to eat. It is amazing. I that, promise. <laughs> that, I agree with that from the high school perspective. Hey, yeah. uh, so are you a Dallas Cowboys fan? I am not. I I really wish that we had another team that I could celebrate. I'm actually a Baltimore Raven fan. Oh, okay. For the Ravens, I'm a Laker fan by heart. That's who I go for all the time. But my football team is Baltimore Ravens. Anytime you, anytime people people think because you live here, you root for the you know Cowboys, but it's hard to root for mediocrity. You know, every <laughs> year they figure a way out to lose. And I, I just can't put my heart through that type of nonsense, if yeah. you will. No, I, I get that. I am I was born and raised in Washington, D.C. And okay. so everybody were Redskins fans growing up. And so I actually am a Cowboy fan. And so, uh, you know, there's quite a few of us here, but it is. I've gotten less and less enamored with them because <laughs> we're a long ways away from championships. But the tension now is because the Redskins commanders have been so poor lately. There's been a lot of fans that have kind of migrated a little bit north to Baltimore and said, man, those Ravens, they've got a championship. They got a, they, they've been a contender for years. I mean, years. so they're, they're a really good football team and Absolutely. really good organization. I so. love the Ravens. I've been following the Ravens uh, while Sarah Goose was there and Ray Lewis, and, you know, yeah. and and Reed, you know, those were my guys. When we didn't have a quarterback, just had defense. Right. Trent Dilfer was not a quarterback. He was purely there for sh for giggles, right? He wasn't there for anything else. Uh, but you know, it was really an opportunity uh, just to just to watch these guys kind of grow it up. And now we have a new quarterback. We got some, you know, new wide receivers there. Yeah. I'm looking forward to this year and watching them play. Yeah, it'll be nice now that the contract's not hanging over Lamar Jackson's head that they can really focus on football. So. Yes, absolutely, man. All right, well, we could talk about a lot of different things right now, but we'll just go, let's go into what we really want to talk about and why people are listening. Uh, we want to talk about systems and processes, and you and I both said we're, we have youth ministry backgrounds, and yep. uh, you know I've lived under the the policy of making it up as you go along, but that only gets you so far, and it often gets you in trouble. So talk to me about the systems and processes. You, you kind of gave us a little tip of it, but um, tease of it earlier, but 
why is it important for us to to have these systems and processes in place? Yeah, man. Um, I think, Tom, when you talk about systems and processes, if we expect people to experience excellence on the back end, we also have to be excellent. And one of those ways to be excellent is to make sure that our systems and processes are, you know, tangible, understandable, uh, easy to assimilate and adapt and easy to deploy as a result to a new system. So let's let's say one of the systems that uh, I'm always adding something to is we use ministry platform. That's our customer. That's our CHRM system. Some people use other systems like um, what is it called? My friends. So some people use Rock. Some people yep. use um, PCO. The other types of things we use this one because it allows us a certain degree of custom customization that other programs won't allow. So when I first came in, I came in from a startup mentality. And so I, I worked for, you know, startups out of San Francisco, startups in Dallas. Um, they did point of sale systems or they, you know, they sold other systems that were a part of the tech industry. And so coming from that into the church was kind of like, okay, I'm used to kind of building the rocket as it takes off. But in church, you kind of get a chance to watch the train move slowly and slowly before it picks up steam. Yeah. And so I think one of the main things when I'm thinking of systems and processes is asking the question, what is it that the church body needs now? Mm. What do I need to put in place to help us function and flow? So let's take one area. Uh, we'll say guest experience. When it comes to guest experience, what information do we want to ascertain from people when they come and visit our church? Do we want to get their names, their email addresses, their phone numbers, so that we can then have correspondence with them at a later time? And so I'll tell you how my process works is we didn't have necessarily one defined, so we had a defined one. So once I found out that we didn't have one, okay, let's walk through it. What experience do I want to experience as a user? Number one. I want to come into a place that is somewhat technologically savvy and not inundating with information and branding and all of that. That's not necessary as it relates to a system. So what we did this year is we added new iPads to our rooms so that people can literally walk into our guest experience area and do self-checkout um, on their own, right? And so I, I like to call this the introvert's best thing, right? I don't necessarily need to talk to you. I can just select what I want and keep going. And so from there, it captures information in a form that then is led right to ministry platform. Yeah. We can then take that information and send out two or three levels of correspondence, whether it be text or email throughout the week through automation. So a part of the systems that you're going to hear me probably talk about most outside of the word systems is automation. These things are automatically, automatically automated when you select this way. And then from there, we're able to keep up with our guests and then do final correspondence that way, all automated, right? And so that's one of the myriad of ways that I do systems to make the church more efficient. So now we have people's names, email addresses, phone numbers. We can call and say, how, how was your experience at church? Uh, we can call and plan a visit. We can call and say, hey, did you want to have a meeting with the pastor or someone in leadership to help you make a decision about church? Did you want to serve? We can ask all of those things. And so one of the major things that I did when it comes to the email 
is I sent a, a newsletter, sent it to everyone, and it basically lines out your next steps. So you don't have to guess. You can simply look at this form and say, okay, if I am a new guest, then here are the five steps I can take. I can join the church. I can get baptized. I can have salvation extended to me. I can go to a residence class and or I can become, uh, I can serve as an ambassador or a serve on a serve team. Five things you can do. So that's the call to action at the end of the systems piece. Yep. Every system has to have a call to action. And so that's our call to action. That's kind of one of the ways that we set up systems. I really think through because my heart is pastoral. Yep. I can think through the 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 lens of it and still have this technological, you know, lens and say, okay, yeah, here's what people will want to experience that won't make them feel like left out and then kind of build an entire program around that. So that's kind of one of the myriad ways that we, we do systems. Yeah, th that's awesome. Okay. So I have a few questions for you on this. Yeah, man. Um, you just, so I understand you correctly, you're, you put up iPads in there that they can sign in is everybody signing in or just newcomers uh, signing in? So, so anybody, so we, so we use, so anybody with the, with five things, I have five things on the actual tree that you can select. So that five things, number one is, do you want to be baptized? Baptism or salvation? Do you want to be saved? Those five things are there. Do you want to become a member? Do you want to learn more information? Those five things are there. You can select which one of the five. Nice. And so if you didn't want to talk to a person customarily sitting at a table, you can say, hey, I can kind of navigate this on my own. And they can navigate that on their own. So that's kind of what we do as it relates to uh, what's on the iPads themselves. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Do you uh, do you guys use any, like I know a lot of churches uh, have gone more towards text kind of stuff. Text to church, do guys, yep. Do you guys do any of that stuff as well? I have the technology to do it. Um, we're more so of a Trello company, Trello church. Um, and so we use like SendGrid um, to kind of do some text to church. We our system ministry platform because it's connected to um, Trello. It automatically allows us to send text messages from ministry platform. Oh, nice. So for, so for us, let's say every month I want to send a text. I can send a text to that same group every month. Hey, you notice you visit our church and it's totally just for that particular group of people. And so I think it's really important that as we adopt new stuff and we try to assimilate that we can try to find things that merge together because they'll work well together. Yes. So having a good ecosystem that kind of is connected helps us a lot with automation. I think you said a really important thing there because I think we all have a lot of like, hey, we got our text platform here. We've got our <laughs> church management platform here we got this platform here, and they don't talk together nope and you're you're spending half your time logging in and logging out of different things and i like what you just said there it's all works together and mm -hmm. that is one thing i've actually started noticing too is more of these church management systems have become uh, more tech systems as well yes. and it saves you money you don't have to pay for a separate system you know that's right and 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 the saving of money and not paying for that separate system it's so critical, right? So here I, hold on a second. Hush. Here I am uh, as a person uh, with five to 10,000 members and only 10 of them did, let's say, new membership orientation I wanted to do. I can send that to that specific group of people at one time within one system. And so I spent a whole, like this last six months to a year, 
finding out the systems that didn't necessarily integrate with us and started working with the system that did integrate so that I could just say, hit a button, hit a text, hit a button, hit an email. And we can just be extremely uh, efficient or what we like to call um, in the tech space, streamline our activities. Mm. Most of our activities in church, at least from what I can see, are kind of like really hectic chaos, right? It's really just chaotic. We're trying to figure it out. But if we can streamline it, then we can make it extremely easy for anybody to use on the back end of it. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Okay, so you got this great system set up for guest services. What mm -hmm. other systems do you have that set up that make it easy for people to connect or get engaged with uh, your church? Yeah, man. So the other thing that's, it sounds like I'm, I'm becoming a ministry platform. <laughs> but the other thing that we do that I just actually redid and it'll be deploying soon is Opportunity Finders. And so Opportunity Finders ultimately allow us to put all of the opportunities in our church, right? Everybody always wants to know, well, I don't know where to serve. Well, I can tell you exactly where to go. It will line out where you need to serve. But before you get to where you need to serve, many of the people that want to serve, we have to determine, do we want people to serve as not members or do we want people to serve as just members? And we have to determine that, that thing. So how, what determines that? So you have probably some type of class that people will go to, whether it be a DNA or a discovery class or a learning class or some sort of like that. And a lot of people don't think that part of that could be automated. You could probably do videos that will do a lot of that automation for you. And then that person is able to serve at a very faster rate, yeah. right? So the opportunity finder shows who, how many people we need in this department, how often does it serve, the description of the service they're doing, and the person by which leads that department. You sign up with that information, somebody responds to you in 48 hours of your response to let you know we've received it and here are your next steps. And then our ambassadors, what we call ambassadors or serve team leaders, they then take it upon themselves to walk you through the onboarding process as it relates to serving within the church. And so now you have a streamlined process that works with our current relationship management system that helps us and keep all of our data in-house. That's the main thing. So I work like, again, a lot of time to just really cultivate an ecosystem that is kind of like centralized yep. and has everything in one place. I'm not perfect at it, but that's always the goal. Dang, that's awesome. Okay, so let, help me understand a little bit. Is Opportunity Finder a program or is it something that you guys have created? Yeah, it is a program that is within ministry platform. And okay. so think about Opportunity Finder as Craigslist for church. <laughs> The good side, not the bad side of Craigslist, the yeah, good side, where we can go in there and see what other ne what needs are there in the church. How can I serve? How can I volunteer? How can I connect? It's there, right? And you can go find out what ministry opportunities we have for you to serve, connect, all that. We also have um, groups set up the same way or small groups. We call small groups parties at Embassy City. Nice. Um, so our small group, we have the same setup. And so there's a, a myriad of, I think it's like 40 some odd small groups within our church in various areas, has a picture, has a description. You can click on it. Same rules apply. You can sign up. Somebody will call you within 24 to 48 hours and connect you as well. 
all of which that information is within our backend system to always keep our data flowing and connected across the board. That's awesome. Okay, yeah. so then a follow-up question is, are you yeah. the only admin of the Opportunity Finder or does every ministry leader or like kind of head of the department or however you structure, do they all have access to it and they can upload their own stuff? Sure. I am myself and a young lady who works with me. Her name's Braden. She is the actual admin of that. I'm like the curator, the builder of it. Okay. She admins it. So if they want to have something there, she'll put it there for them. And the connected piece is it automatically emails that uh, party person or whoever, that point person. So the system does everything for us as long as we set it up correctly. We even down to, let's say, prayer. So I know normally a lot of churches use text and pray, or they use email and pray. Well, I set up prayer directly through our CHRM system. Person fills out their form. It goes to the person that handles prayer. They call you back within a set amount of time. We have an automated list now of every prayer request that comes through that system. And so that's really critical because when you're thinking of prayer, you can think, okay, what subject lot, what subject matters are people asking for for prayer? Mm -hmm. I can actually see and tell my pastor, here are the top 10 issues that I'm seeing. Here's how we can address that. Here's maybe something you can consider in terms of preaching that we can see on the back end. So now we've, we're creating this robust system that helps support senior and executive leadership to make decisions on some of the stuff that we're building because that information produces data and numbers. And when it produces data and numbers, it helps us make more informed decisions as it relates to church because we have great systems. Dude, that, that's awesome. Okay, so that was what kind of my uh, next question is, what kind of statistics do you get or what kind of stuff are you looking, the data, what kind of data are you analyzing from yeah. all the systems that you're, you're, you're doing? Oh, man. Oh, man. All <laughs> the data. All the data. There's no such thing as bad data. Let's, <laughs> let's start there. There is no such thing as bad data when it comes to church. But here, let me give you some things that I think you should measure in church. Now, for years, the last two years, especially coming out of uh, post-pandemic, we've been trying to measure how many people attend and watch online. That's a very hard measurement to find. Yeah. You're, you're probably not going to find an exact number right. because, number one, you don't have the back end to YouTube to tell you that or Facebook, and they're not going to give it to you. You're only going to get how many people have watched, how much time they watched, and you can estimate how many people were actually there. Yeah. Okay, cool. Number two, other analytics, I think that's important. Uh, salvific experiences, people who want to get saved and baptized. How many? I think that's a good number that pastors want to know. Yeah. What did you preach that Sunday that drove people to your guest experience area or your QR code? Yeah. And ask for them to be saved. And then what are you doing behind that scientific experience to make a change or to tell a story? I think that's really important, right? People are making scientific experiences, decisions outside of church. What are you doing to help support them? So that's a number I want to capture. Uh, I want to capture scientific experience. How many men? How many women? How many children? Um, some churches like to keep up with it gender specific. Some people like to keep up with demographic and color specific. You can do all of that based on how the form and formatting is set up for you to have a good system in place. So that's one, I think that's really important. 
when you're talking about baptism, baptism, how many, who, what, when, how, then sometimes you want to know the sizes because you want to order shirts or you want to order bottoms when people get into the pool and provide that for them. This gives you a better detail on who's getting baptized, when, how, where. And let me take a step further. I have an automation. Um, I, have, I have a couple of automations, but I think this is a really important is uh, people love, this is a good tip. So like people love to have the baptism certificates of old. And so I make sure that we send out certificates after every baptism with people's names on the end of their date. Mm-hmm. Just so they can always have it earmarked. And this is when I got baptized and I can see it, I can post it, I can share it, everybody can see it. It becomes now content for them to share. Yeah. And the church is on, on full display when they do that. That's awesome. Actually, that's very cool. We we don't do certificates. And I was just thinking, I was like, man, that that's something that would be cool to do because you're exactly right. You can share that with someone else. I always like to say when you know, why won't we share about our faith? Whenever something good happens to us, we want to share about it to the world, sure. but yet we don't want to share about our faith. In the same way, this is the baptism. You want to share about it. And look, I got a certificate. That's a really cool idea. Really cool, man. Really easy to do. It's not hard to do. Um, and I suggest if you're not doing it, and here's how I knew it, its impact. Because at first we didn't do it. You just got baptized. You got put in the water, got let out the water. You went about your business, right? Cool. Mm-hmm. Then one Sunday, I was like, it would be really cool to have a certificate. And I created one within a template of ministry platform. They don't have them. I had to create it. Cool. I created it. And I sent it out with a misspelled name. That person called me five minutes later. (laughs) Hey, my name is misspelled. And then next day, hey, I didn't get a certificate. I would love one. And now the certificate has become a whole entire thing on its own organically that people want to experience and share with their community. Now, if we're talking about biblically, how, what way can we share and experience and tell a story, put your certificate up on your social media. Look what I just did. I just gave my life to Christ. I just got baptized at church, man. I can't wait to just really live for Christ. And now this just sets a, this just marks a moment for them yeah. to then share with their community. Dude, that's awesome. You know, the funny thing made me think about when you're telling about the, the misspelling, I always know that someone's listening or, or checking out our social media is whenever I misspell something or I have a grammar mistake, they're quick to text it to me and quick to oh, let yeah. me know. I, they don't say anything. They don't comment on it or anything like that any other time but it's whenever i make a mistake it's i always hear about it <laughs> absolutely man absolutely and we love those people that yeah. help us become better that see things that we don't see and let me let's put a shameless plug if you're seeing this stuff you have an eye for copy and edit listen come to embassy city or go to brother ponder's church we would put you right to work in our <laughs> respective locations that's right <laughs> that's fantastic all right dude this has been awesome this has been very helpful uh, as we kind of wrap up a little bit, what what other tips would you encourage us with with systems and processes and all that? Yeah. I think um, if you can assimilate, not assimilate, but if you can automate a process that normally would take you two hours, spend eight hours trying to figure out how to do it. Mm. It'll turn your life around. It'll save you time if you can automate. And churches can't be afraid now 
to automate said and certain processes. Most of the stuff that we're doing in tech are automations that can simply be triggered at a voice or whatever. Text texting, here's another tip in my experience. One of the most powerful things you can use in church is yes, your newsletter, and yes, a phone call or a relationship word of mouth. But what I've seen is texting is one of the most powerful tools that you can use in your church. Here's why it's so credible. Because an email takes about two to four days for a person to respond to it and see it. Mm-hmm. A newsletter takes about, I think, three to seven days for a person to respond to it and see it. A text message, people usually respond to something or make a decision within the hour. Yeah. So using text messaging to connect with people, to inform people of what you're doing within your church, to keep keep, keep guests involved with what you're doing and engage. Texting is one of the most powerful tools. So if you don't have a customer relationship management system that has everything that I mentioned, please go to text the church and, and talk to them about the applications they use, or I don't know if PCO does it yet, but those various applications can help you send out text messages. And I think Glow, Glow may do it for free, if I still recall, or have a free option for churches to actually send out text messages. So texting is really, really, really critical. I think um, when I think of other systems that you need in place, uh, you just need to have somebody on your staff and on your team that is sensitive to the tech needs of the world and able to communicate and see it from a pastoral lens and implement those tips and tools that we would help to be a more efficient and streamlined church, right? That's that's the main thing. So I, I would give those couple of things as things you know to keep up with and connect to and do, and you will see like engagement shoot through the roof. Yeah. Now, there's, those were some great tips. I want to um, hit on a few of those that you were talking about. You talk about how, how doing automation and hey, maybe it takes you eight hours to do. And someone may be listening to you and be like, eight hours? I don't have eight hours. But the reality is like what you were just talking about is you spend eight hours now. You don't have to be spending 20, 30 hours responding to things. So automation really helps you out a lot. And again, if you want help with that, I'm sure you can connect with DK. He'll love to connect with you and and help you with the automation process of how you can do that. Uh, But I also like how you said you were encouraging someone, find someone, maybe you're not that person with the digital and the tech stuff, but find someone who is because that's the way the world is going. I, I, I know that people have gone back on some of the digital progress they've made over COVID and in my opinion, that's a shame because yes. the world is moving in that way. We need to move with it. We don't have to go as fast as, as everybody else is, but we do need to be making strides digitally. And, and so I think we need to just keep on making moves there rather than saying, oh, we can't do it. And our church doesn't do that kind of stuff. Well, we can do that. Yeah, we, we will definitely can do it. It's, it's about one, two. Uh, as as a, a famous pastor here in Dallas, Frederick Douglass III, it's about hallelujah and do you lujah. You got to have some hallelujah to you, do you lujah to help you do it. And you just got to get the right people in place. I get the frustration that it could kind of be. We want church to be the same as it once was post pre pandemic. 
church will not be that way. We have to now be more efficient. We, some of us don't have the ability to hire a full staff like DK has. Some of us don't have the ability to, to, to afford certain things. So we have to find things to make us more efficient that works for our demographic. And then we're able to be a blessing. God enjoys us striving for excellence in every area that we uh, try to put our hands to. Yeah. Uh, whatever you do in word and deed, do it as unto the Lord, right? So he enjoys that we do that. So when I think of eight hours, I think of if I want to be an expert, it takes 10,000 hours mm -hmm. to be an yes. expert. I simply want to spend eight to, to help me better understand this and make it more efficient. Yeah. You would be surprised, uh, and I'm going to say this tongue-in-cheek, but you would be surprised how many things we have in church that could be automated but because we didn't sit down to think about those automations, now we're paying exorbitant amounts of money yep. when there's absolutely a tech tool that will do it for you. Yep. Te Technology is not the enemy. It's our friend. It's going to help us do ministry more effectively. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Dude, this has been a great conversation. I'm going to have to have you back on again. You're 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 fantastic. Um, how how can people connect with you? Um, and uh, actually, let's talk about the Social Media Church podcast too. Uh, first, how did how did you get connected with that? Because you're a recent co-host. You just yeah. signed on. How did you get connected with that great podcast? Yeah, man. Um, those are my guys. I actually got. I don't know if you know Jen from Philly. Jen Jen from Philly. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, 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 yeah. So Jen is my sister. And actually, we we did Black Light Digital um, with her. I started there. And I got invited to Social Media Church's conference. Okay. And Jen and I taught a class. And then, then Jen and I taught separate classes. And then we interviewed each other. And then it became a full-out conversation. I met with Aaron in person, talked to Niels. And it just became something more organic. Yeah. Um. That, that an additional voice to social media church is what, what was needed. Mm -hmm. um, and so them actually wanted to add a crazy guy like me who's like a tech cloud, enjoys being a beta tester for new applications, was kind of like a good fit. Yeah. Um, and, you know, they, they, I don't, I'm not as far off as a lot of people may think. I'm right in the vein of what we're doing. And so that's kind of how I got connected. It was, it was really something God said um, because, you know, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing the information, insight, giving for the money. I'm doing it because I love God. I love God's people and I want to see them blessed. And this is my way of not gatekeeping. This is my way of giving back to them. There's other ways I make money, but this is my way and how I give it back through podcasts. That's awesome. That is yeah. great. Well, I've enjoyed hearing your voice on the, the podcast, you know, the episode nice. too. Um, well, if someone wants to connect with you, what's the best way for them to connect with you? Yo, man, all social media platforms have one name. I am DK Hammonds. You can check me out on threads, Blue Sky, Spills, Facebook, Instagram, Clubhouse. I am there in some shape, form, or fashion. And I would love to connect and see how we can help the church be more grand and more appealing to the lost. You are my first interview that dropped the threads uh, link on it. So <laughs> I'm gonna have that. So that's my that'll be in the description. The threads. I've enjoyed getting to know that app, and I've seen you posting on it. So um, 
you know. Um, yeah, man. We have an actual podcast coming, I think, Monday or Tuesday. Uh, whatever day you're watching this, Social Media Church will be talking about it. Neil's, myself, and Aaron. And we'll kind of break down. Because uh, I didn't want to do the podcast like the day of. I thought that was really insensitive and just really crazy. Spend a day with it. See what you learn. See what you find. See how it can help. And then, you know, come out there and just kind of jump out. But, you know, a lot of these apps, what, and I'm going to say it on your podcast, what I think I'm seeing with the apps is what we're seeing is this digital renaissance where technology is re-engaging re, re, re itself in a different platform. And now we get an opportunity, we have choices that we can kind of get into. Whatever works for us, we can get into that. Uh, and so my tip for spills for churches just get your platform, go on there, don't put nothing up. We don't even know what we're doing on threads yet. We're just having a good time. Yep. No, 100%. I'm, I'm, uh, I love Twitter. I'm a huge Twitter guy. Oh, yeah, man. And uh, so I'm exploring threads to see what it looks like. And that's the thing. One of the things I learned, especially through like cl the clubhouse stuff, is hey, slowly enter in, feel it out, see what people are doing, see how people are interacting. And then start making a strategy for it. Don't just go all in and be the expert immediately because we're all in the same boat. Yeah. So here's my story. You mentioned Twitter. I'm a Twitter head. Here's my story with Spaces. Spaces is one of my social places that I actually, I was one of the first beta testers, oh, nice. uh, one second round of beta testers in Spaces. Uh, I, I would have worn my Spaces sweatshirt. It's one of a kind. Many people don't have a sweatshirt. Well, we did all the beta testing, and I had a show on there. Uh, where, and I actually used to travel around and other people's spots, just really trying to build the platform because we didn't know how to do it. And those who are beta testing understand that. We are simply getting familiar with new platforms, understanding how it works, how to use it, and then we can push out further once we understand how that works. But enjoy the product. Enjoy the the new stuff that's coming out. Yeah. And we still love Twitter. Twitter ain't going nowhere. No. It's not going nowhere. No, that, that's the thing. All these people were saying, ah, see you later, Twitter. It's not, I'm not going anywhere. It's, it, you know, so yeah, I've got thoughts. But Unless you have 30 million viewers that's going to leave Twitter tomorrow, Twitter's going to still be running strong. That's right. That That is right. So, well, dude, DK, this has been great. I love getting to know you a little bit more. And so I can't yeah. wait to have you on the podcast the next time. Anytime, brother. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you. All right. So what did you think? What stood out to you from DK's uh, interview? Was it the fact that he's not a Cowboy fan in Texas? You know, that's very, I mean, that stood out to me. Although I'm a Cowboy fan in the Washington, D.C. area, which is really weird, too. So we can't hold that against DK. Uh, he does like a good team and a good organization. So we'll, we'll give him that. But what stood out to you? How are you doing with systems and processes? How are you doing with automation? Do you need some encouragement? Hit DK and I up. You can hit us up on Twitter. You can also hit us up on threads as we just talked about. But hit us up on Twitter and we would love to talk to you a little bit more. If you're on threads, hit us up on threads and uh, we'd love to connect with you there as well. There's a lot of great things that you can do digitally to set up these systems and processes that will help you be more effective in your ministry. So set them up. Talk to someone if you've got questions or thoughts. We would love to have this conversation carry on so we can encourage you each and every day. All right, heroes. Well, thanks so much for being with me for this episode. As always, if you enjoyed the podcast, subscribe to it. It's on YouTube. It's on Apple. It's on Google. It's on Amazon. It's on all the different platforms. We'd love for you to subscribe to it today to get these every time they come out. And here are some great interviews with some great people. All right, heroes. Well, I hope you have a great rest of your day, a great rest of your week. And until next time, have a great one.